Welcome back to Are You For Real with Sarah Frick. Today, I get to sit down with my buddy Keith Benjamin from Uptown Hospitality Group. Um, as you guys know, they have three restaurants in Charleston? We have three, yeah, with two more on the way. In Charleston? Yeah. To one, total five? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're taking over. Yeah, yeah, we're excited. Okay, so I know Keith in the capacity that we spin together um, next door. He is good friends with KP, who's one of our amazing spin instructors, and um, but that's really about it. Yeah. So that, that, that makes Here good. we are. You can ask me questions sure, too. Sure, great. <laughs> nice to meet um, you, Sarah. Nice to meet you as well. So I've always given Keith shit because he's never <laughs> taken one of my classes. Yeah. But that's where we're going to leave that. Sure. Fine. I'll just put the, I'll put How the invite out there. How much time do we have there. today? I'll put the invite out there for you. Deal. Um, so, Keith, give us a little bit of background from you. I know you moved here from New York. And just like so our listeners just can start to get to know you and then sure. we'll dive in. Yeah. Um, I moved here at the end of 2017. Um, I would say kind of on a whim. But, you know, there was definitely some thought um, that I put into it. I... I Got married to my first wife here, destination wedding. Um, 20- oh my God, so did I. Did you really? My first my first husband and I, yeah. we got married in Charleston, but we lived in Charlotte. Yeah, so we lived in New York and, you know, kind of like opened a magazine one day and we're like, it would be cool to Where get, did married you get married in Charleston. Legree Wearing House, the oh, first okay. time. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Second, I've been married in Charleston twice too. Yeah, same, right? <laughs> so it's like I, I like wanted all these discounts the second time around. Remember like, me, that guy. Right, like two for ones, <laughs> yeah. um, but didn't work out that way. Instead, I just got married at Uptown Social and gave myself a discount. Yeah. So, um, anywho, um, that was 2013, um, started coming down here for that and, um, really kind of like, I'll be honest, I've been in the bar business since I graduated college in New York city. And when I, when I go to any town, I, I just like to go to bars. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bar guy. <laughs> I like to sit at a bar. I like to get a feel <laughs> yeah. for a bar and the vibe at a bar. And anyway, long story short, I was coming down here for, for, you know, getting ready for this wedding and, um, I was kind of walking up and down King Street, and at the time, I just felt like there was much to be desired in terms of. Um, so, what year? That was 2013. That was 2012, said? getting ready for the wedding in 2013. So, okay. call it 2012, 2013. And Stars, I think, had just opened up, which okay. you know was was the spot at the time. And then, you know, all these other oh, yeah. spots were a little smaller. And um, you know, I, I very much respect totally. the nightlife and restaurant community here, but it, but I felt like you know, for for a booming town like Charleston, I kind of felt like like a true um, nightlife des- destination. Was missing. And so I just kind of put it on the back burner and, um, you know, marriage wasn't going well. And, and, uh, is she remarried? She is. Yeah, she is. Two kids. And, you know, um, you know, we talk every now and again, we have a good relationship, but, uh, but but we didn't have children together. So that, that was, you know, a nice, nice clean break. But, um, I would say 2015, 2016, um, certainly a lot was going on in my life. And in New York, the, the rents were skyrocketing and, and, um, you know, minimum, minimum wage was going up and, you know, running a small business, as you know, is mm-hmm. really, really, really expensive no matter where you are. And yep. I was kind of looking for a town where there might be tremendous opportunity, um, where we weren't going to have to worry as much about New York city rents and New York state slash New York city rising costs related to, um, labor, et cetera. Right. And I would kept just coming back to Charleston. I'm like, you know, that trip I took, those trips I took five years ago, four years ago, it was there, there was an opening and I got to think that like, there's still something there. So anyway, I started doing my research, came down in, um, how does that look? Like, how do you, like, 
you know, every time I have someone on here that is successful in their business, I'm just sure. so fascinated. Like, cause you know, Carter and I were sharing with you before that, and we share about it on here all the time. Like <clears throat> we want to scale, but sure. we don't even know, like, how, where do you start? Yeah. So this was, I mean, <coughs> Sarah, so do you do everything? Like, do you have in-house people that like look for your real estate or are you just like, yeah, so on? it was this, this was, yes, it's all in-house, all in-house. And this was, um, you know, at a time where we had only really had places in New York, we had two, we have two small bars in Chicago and two places called Cleo's, um, in Chicago as well. And those are more like, um, kind of Shake Shack style, mm-hmm. hot dog, hamburger joints. But up until then we like really hadn't looked for anything like an uptown social in a big party market. Right. Yep. And so at that point I had done my research. I, do, I don't know if you're familiar with Jessica Mishner. So Jessica's a lifelong friend. Jessica and I okay. were, were summer camp I like counselors. I her um, somehow. She lived in Charleston, so or lives in Charleston. So I called her and I was like, I need a lot of information as to like demographics and trends. Yep. And, you know, I can obviously Google a lot of these sorts of things, but like I really need to know from someone that lives there in their young to mid thirties, like right. what's the vibe there right now? And she kind of gave me everything I knew and I said, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get on an airplane with my business partner, Mitch Banchik, who founded our New York spots dating back to nineteen ninety one and is the, the So C- did you buy into the business? I did. I okay. bought in I bought in in, in two thousand eleven. I bought into How my old are first you? You bar. I'm forty. Okay. So I bought in uh, just a little baby. Uh, just a little bit, I guess. It doesn't feel like it. Now that I have little babies, I feel yeah. not I'm so kidding. Much, John but... John, my husband's joke is that anyone that's like one day younger than me, yeah. I call a baby. Yeah. He's like, You're forty one, Well, relax. um <laughs> I mean, especially like surrounding myself with the folks at the uptown group, yeah. like okay. I, I feel I feel very old. Hi. Yeah. I'm with a bunch of beautiful women in yes. their 20s, early 30s dancing yeah. around naked. Right. So I, <laughs> mine are not naked. Ish. Ish. Um, <laughs> you know, it depends what bar shifts they're working and when. But um, we have, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing opportunity for me and I'm sure for you to sit with these young minds. Right. And I do it weekly in, in, a, in a manager's meeting at Uptown Social and then at a manager's meeting at Sharehouse and Bodega. And then we have a social media meeting as well. So for approximately three to four hours a week, I'm sitting with all these, these so young, awesome. young people learning from them and, and staying, staying I feel like young. we need to do that more, Carter. Yeah. It's, like we, I know. Yeah. The man, the manager meetings, the manager meetings are invaluable and the social media no, meetings are even more invaluable. And it's like, you know, and I've talked about this before, like with my, I think Kira and I were talking about this, but like creativity dies when we're on like these constant like time. And I'm like, and she knows I'm like, we're like hopping from one thing to the next, yeah. but like, if we can all get to, like when we get together in a room, I'm like, wow. Yeah. And we all feel like so connected. Right. And then, then the ideas just seem like they start flying. Totally. Right. Um, so it's invaluable. And if, if that's something that you can incorporate in, into your day, I yeah. highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, get so, on top of that, Rose. So, 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 <laughs> so we, um, yeah. So 2016 came down here, looked around, um, and with Mitch and it was, a, it was like, I, I describe it as like a bluebird Charleston day. We came down here. It was like April 16th, mm-hmm. 2016. Charleston was flirting with you. Oh gosh. I mean, like just, she does I that. think it was 75 degrees yep. and, uh, you know, th- we, we, we kind of started day drinking through the day on Saturday and hit King street at night. And there was line after line, after line, after line, after line. And each bar I went into, it's kind of the same. It was when I started coming down here, I was like, ah, you know, you finally get into these bars and it's really hard to get a drink mm-hmm. and the music's a little lower than I would like and the lighting is a little higher than I would like mm-hmm. and all the little things that I'm yeah. sure you pay attention to were always paying attention to. Yeah. So Mitch and I walked out and we, we woke up the next morning with headaches and we said, um, we need to be here. We yeah. need to be in this town. And I had reached out to a broker, um, Richard Morris, who's been in, in town for quite a while, through Jessica and said, we need a late night license 
on King Street, mm-hmm. help us out. Yep. So he took us to a few spots, um, which are now um, Bourbon and Bubbles and um, um, Mesu and the place next door. I guess it's going to be called Lamar's. Those spots we, was like it was like a big new build. Um, wasn't for us. Didn't have any outdoor space. Um, we saw, uh, gosh, I think it used to be called Smith Street Pizza. Mm. If that's a spot, um, and then we saw what is now Uptown Social. Mm-hmm. And when we walked in, Mitch and I, like, what's Sarah, the address for Uptown Social? Five eighty-seven King Street. Right. When I tell you that my jaw was on the ground, this place was so unbelievably massive, but also massive, but also so unbelievably beat up. Yeah, like I get. What the, was there before y'all? It was a place called Hugie's, and it was an old um, soul food spot okay. um, that had been vacant for many, many years. Um, LJ Hugie, who is an awesome, awesome guy, has had that property for a long time, and the house behind it, and he's he's been in, his family's been in, in Charleston for a very long time. But anyway, um, LJ had sold it to to a, a guy named Freddie Simon, I guess, several years before that, mm-hmm. and um, and we came down here and we met with with Freddie's team and. We're blown away. I mean, it was 10,000 square feet. It was two floors. And what we were looking for... It was so much cheaper than New York, too. It was so much cheaper than New York. It was timings, everything, as we know. Mm -hmm. But when I first... When we first saw the space, we were actually only looking for a space that was like... 2,500 to 3,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's like the, the, the spot that we our busiest spot at the time, hair of the dog in New York city was that size. And we're like, we just need that, that footprint and, yep. and we can kind of churn and burn. What we didn't realize is that there's no basements in Charleston. Mm-hmm. So in New York, you have your kitchens and your bathrooms yep, and your totally. storage in the basement. Well, that's not a possibility here. So we're like, shit, we need way more space than we originally thought. Um, do we need this much space? I'm not really sure. There was this rooftop and there are these private rooms upstairs. Yeah. And But Mitch and I just kept going back to all of these people that we saw, right? And this volume that we see in Charleston, all I have to do is go on Instagram to see that like Charleston's booming. Yeah. This is back in 2016. Totally. And I said, you know, Mitch, I think that we can do it. I yeah. think that, you know, this is our moment, right? Yeah. And and Mitch has had many moments. Mitch is Mitch started his group in 1991. He's got eight places in New York, four places in Chicago. So, so like, are you part of all of that stuff too? I am. Um, I've actually, as of late, gotten more involved in the marketing and social media component mm-hmm. in New York and Chicago. Um, that's really kind of playing to my strengths. Um, in terms of our operations, I'm strictly involved in, in Charleston. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, we, we walked out that day and we had an LOI signed within a week. I love it. Um, and all of a sudden, like, I was moving to Charleston, right? Yeah. And and marriage went south, and um, I met my now wife uh, on, a, on a random trip here, kind of that in middle of 2017, um, and then moved here in December of 2017. So this coming December will be my sixth, sixth year living in Charleston. Moved here in, in December of 2017, and we had Uptown Social opened in April of 2018 on Bridge Run Weekend. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Talk about know, a great opening yeah, day. Yeah, but the, the funniest piece of that whole story, Sarah, is that we're like, we need friends and family openings, right? Because mm-hmm. like, of course, that's what everybody has to do before they open. And so we're like, we build this place out. It takes us two years, like start to finish. We came down here in in mid-April 2016. We opened in April 2018. And we're like getting our staff, you know, hired. I want to talk about that too. And we start start to train them. And then we're like, it's time for friends and family. Well, 
like, we don't know anybody here. Yeah. Right. Like we were all from New York. Right. Yeah. So like we did one friends and family night and then realized that like we needed some more reps. So the next day we're like, all right, we'll do like a friends and family to start. Right. But we, we only, I mean, this place can have 530 people. Wow. We had like for friends and family, we had like 40 on night one. Right. So we're like, all right, we'll do like another 40 on night two. And then we'll just like, like very quietly open our doors. Yeah, yeah. This was Thursday before. Bridge Everyone Run. knows everything in Charleston. It, it was, it was not before, Probably not after 1030 that we had a line. Yeah. So we had in the morning? No, 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 no. Oh, at night. night. Yeah. So we, we were like, okay, we have our 40 people. And then by 1030, we had 500 people in the building. Amazing. Yeah, it was. But also yeah, you're like, Holy we shit. got our teeth kicked in and like, you know, you might think that we're like grizzled, you know, New York City bar people, which we are. But like this was four times the size of any place that I we mean, had ever it, opened. Absolutely. I don't under. Okay. Let's just talk about like staffing a place like this. Yeah. Like. So do you have like different managers for different parts of the restaurant? <laughs> so back then we had um, three partners and we had zero managers. So oh we God. were we were so underprepared for what we were under, you know, what we yeah. undertook. Um, How do you hire people? Like, do you go, like, do you put it out? Yeah, like, we did. And we, 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 we had like 5,000 Instagram followers before we opened our first day. Like Kara awesome. Graves and I, Kara, who, who's my business partner who moved down here with me is like a little sister. Yep. Her strength is social media marketing. So she and I work very, very well together. And Kara's goal was like 5,000 followers before we even opened. And, and we worked really hard at that and, yep. and just like getting the word out there. And I, I, pounded the pavement. You mentioned Aaron Siegel before, but like yeah. he was one of probably 100 people that I met with before we even opened. And my goal He's was to come. Too. Aaron's amazing. Yeah. And, and he was super gracious and, you know, welcoming and, and answered a lot of questions, right? Because it's a competitive industry. Yeah. And so like you start reaching out to people and you're like, Hey, I'm opening a big restaurant like, bar hey. on King street. And they're like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, and what do you want for me? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and like, are you going to start eating my lunch soon? But, but honestly, Sarah, like of everyone that I reached out to, I would say 99% of Everyone was like, yeah, sure. That's I'll take awesome. the meeting. And I, I, I feel like that is a Charleston thing. And, and Aaron's I, actually told me that before too, because we talk about, you know, like I'm always like, all right, Aaron, I'm ready to do it. And then he's like, all right, sit down. Like, let's go through this little sure. bit. He's like a big brother to me. And, you know, he's like, you got to remember that Charleston is Disney. Yeah. It's a special place. It is. It's a special place. And I've, I've, um, I always said to myself, I'm going to pay it forward. So in the six years since we've been here and call it the, you know, five years since we've really been operating, anytime someone's like, Hey, I'm thinking about moving to Charleston to open a business. Do you mind, you know, giving me an hour of your time? It's like, yeah, you want two hours? Like whatever you need, I'm here for you because. Keith's nicer than us. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was just something that, that got us, got us going. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So I do like, how, like when you have a team that big that you manage, I mean, how many people are under y'all's umbrella? Gosh, so now we have, you know, six years later, we have 250 people between, you know, full-time. Just down here. Just down here. Yeah. To total, total company is probably 600. Oh um, but, but, you know, going back to like when we opened, it was me, Karen and our other partner, John, who moved back to New York. Um, like what's your day like? Give us a, give my, us a run through of your day, including when you go to the work cycle. <laughs> so I wake up with my kids. Um, Congratulations on your new baby. Thank you. Yeah. I've, we have a, a, a two year old and a nine month old, um, a, a day older than Carter's baby. Um, and wake up with the, with the kids, um, take Robbie, my oldest to school. He's at Primrose in, uh, in North Mount P. We live up there as well. Cool. Um, come down town and either go to ethos or the work cycle or now the work cycle in, in, uh, in Mount Pleasant, which is very convenient. Um, and then get to work, you know, 
by about 9.30. Um, it's a little later than I'd like to be at work. And right now with the kids being so young and us not having full-time help, it's yeah. just like Does your how, wife work out of the home too? She she does not work. She Yes, she, she works. works. She's a full-time mom. She works her she, ass yeah, off. Yeah, she's a full-time mom. <laughs> um, her compensation is a little different than it used to be, but she she absolutely yeah. is in heaven and it's great for our family. Totally. And, um, you know, maybe she, previous to, to not working, Stevie was... Um, uh, worked for Universal Theme Parks mm-hmm. and primarily spent her time in New York City at 30 okay. Rock and then went down to Orlando quite a bit, but, le- you know, he- headed up their, um, their uh, sweepstakes and promotions cool. team. Um, so maybe someday she'll get back into that, but right now this is great yeah. for us. Got a lot going on. She's got a lot going on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, so I help out in the mornings, get to work, um, and then honestly, much like probably you, my day feels like it's spent in countless meetings right so like I just said like social media yep. and two manager meetings but then it's just interfacing with everybody that we're that we either work with internally or external um external conversations that we need to have whether it be zoom which you know is the best part of I think the pandemic was like being able to feel comfortable right, having can those we do conver- this yes, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah having those yeah. conversations without all of us getting in our cars or walking yep. to some other place or even talking to people in different markets um but whether it be a zoom or an in-person meeting i i, I have found myself having to carve out um hours of my day to just sit at my computer and that is spent either at um bodega where i like to spend most of my time really because it's a morning concept mm-hmm. and and uptown and share house don't get going until later in the day yep um do you, have an office? you guys have offices down here? We we have offices. This is actually also a funny story. Um, we have offices for like our, our management teams in-house mm-hmm. and then our bar staff and whoever's like counting their money at the end of the yep. night. Um, but but we don't have a corporate office. And I thought I needed one so badly that I rented one at the co-working space above um, Dudley's on Ann Street, which mm-hmm. is across from Share House and Bodega. And I realized that after three months, I'd used it once. Yeah, right. Because I actually like to be in the action. Well, that's how we are. Like we right. looked for offices. I was like, I just want to be on campus. Right. Like everything's here. Right. So, I want for people to walk in and be like, can I talk to you? Totally. Totally. Yeah. And you lose that accessibility when you're in an office so somewhere else. And it's boring. I had serious, I had serious FOMO. Yeah. Right. And I was like, here, I have, the I, worst. I have this space and I, that I've paid like $7,500 for in three months yeah. that I've taken one phone call in. Yeah. So we canceled that, yeah. that, uh, that subscription, if you will. Um, but yeah. And then, you know, I, I try to get home. Shoot, I guess between five and six most days, sometimes earlier. It's great. And yeah. and I am so unbelievably fortunate to have we talked about depth a little bit earlier, but to have <laughs> the depth and the team that I have. Yeah. Um I, I close in New York City I, w- I closed the bar down for, you know, 10 plus years. I was getting home at seven o'clock in the morning. How? Uh, like literally how? Well, I told you I was married once before and not anymore. Yeah, so, so there was, there were some things that didn't, yeah. didn't really lend themselves to being in a relationship yeah. and it was really hard. It was hard. So on, would you on, sleep? Like I would sleep all day. I would sleep all morning. Um, I would get up, I'd work you feel out. Did like your health suffered? My health suffered. My mental health suffered. Yeah, you totally. get really kind of into this dark place when you're, you know, finding yourself going to work when everybody else is coming home and then you find yourself coming home when everybody else is having their morning cup coffee yeah like it's weird it's, it's and super i hear weird. that but a, in a little bit on to that note but like you, sometimes you just gotta like fucking put your ass into it when you're starting right. something right you know, like and i mean i used to teach i would open up the gyms like this before you moved here so you don't know eco fitness but it was like the gym i would sure. open it up at 4 30 in the morning and i would teach like the last class at some other gym at like 7 30 at night yeah you know it's you like grind, you just fucking had to you do just it. grind deliver right? flowers worked at basil like did everything right, right. And, and yeah 
And yeah. so um, I closed the bar for, for many, many years and um, fell in love with the industry. I wasn't full time in in food and bev, I would say, in, in nightlife. Um, How'd you get into it? So when I, gra- I went to Penn State. Um, you played lacrosse? I played lacrosse. And when I graduated, um, I took a job working for a sports marketing firm, making $28,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't in New York? Cu- doesn't cut it in New York <laughs> yeah. in 2006 or ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so 28K wasn't going to get me out of my mom's house. Right. Um, are, you, are you from New York? I'm from New Jersey. Okay. I'm from North Jersey. And my mom was living in, in Short Hills, New Jersey, where I grew Got up. It. My parents were divorced. And um, I was living with my mom. And so I said, if I want to get out of my mom's house, I need to grind harder and, mm-hmm. and make more money. I'm not going to make, I'm not going to go from making 28,000 to 50,000 tomorrow. So right, right. I got to make ends meet. So my brother had worked for this company, this bar, this, this bar group, um, after he graduated from, from Bucknell, probably five and a half years older than I am. And so it was like, it was kind of like this, like rite of passage and almost felt Were like, you like bartending. Yeah. yeah. So I graduated and I, and I said, you know, can I get some bar back or bartending shifts? And they said, yeah. So I started off the wagon in 2006, um, made enough money to move out of, of, of my mom's house, um, and was having fun, but also like, I wasn't going to be a bartender my whole life. Right. So like, I'm going all in now with this sports marketing agency. Um, and was became an account manager, got bumped up to fifty thousand dollars a year, which you know felt like I was swimming in money at the right. time. And um, two thousand eight happened, and the agency folded. Mm-hmm. And all my friends were finance guys, all my lacrosse buddies, yep. and they were all out of work. And I was like, "Holy shit! Like, what happens now?" So what do I, people do? They drink. They drink, <laughs> right? And so I went to to my and partners. They work out. Now my partners, but then my bosses at the time, and I said, "Hey." Um, I have no clue what's next for me, but like, can I get some full-time shifts at off the wagon? And they said, we don't have anything there, but we're opening up the stumble in on the Upper East Side. Do you want to be part of the opening team? So I said, yeah, absolutely. Until I figure out what my real job is going to be. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, the rest is history. Mm-hmm. And they asked me to manage about a year and a half later. And I said, I will only, ma-, and I had some serious conversations with my parents and they're like, listen, we didn't send you to Penn State to, to be a bar manager, mm-hmm. right? We didn't send you to Penn State to bartend. We, we, we sent you to college. We, we put you in the position to succeed, you know, to, to be a business person, whatever that might look like. And it was the best advice I ever got mm-hmm. because I said to then my bosses, like, hey, guys, if you want me to manage, like, what's the partnership route here? Yeah, and how, yeah. do I, how do I get a bitter, bigger piece of this? And um, they said, you know, start saving your money. And fortunately, I had a bar mitzvah when I was 13, and I had this, like, little rainy day fun put yeah. aside. Um, and I was able to buy into my first bar, in 2011, which was the stumble in, mm-hmm. I was 28 years old. Um, and I felt I, I had, you know, 2% of the business then. Mm-hmm. Um, but it felt like I had like made it right. Yeah. But it gave me this, like this drive to like, okay, what's next. And then these guys, Mitch signed a lease at hair of the dog and asked if I wanted to go run hair of the dog in the lower East side, which was an amazing opportunity and a neighborhood that was exploding at the time. So I got to be like the senior guy there yep. and, um, got a bigger piece of the pie there. And it, it was, my experience at Hair of the Dog that gave me the confidence because at that point we were, I mean, there was a line around the corner every Friday, Saturday night. Sunday football was insane. Mm-hmm. Happy hours during the week were great. We were building this thing. Yeah. But it, once again, it was only 2,500 square feet. So I was like, okay, there's all of this opportunity here in the city. But like, like I said, there's all these headwinds. So where am I going mm-hmm. to create my own, right. my own 
thing, right? Yeah. And um, here we are. Yeah. It, it was it was Charleston that was like calling my name and calling my name and calling my name and you know Uptown Social that scale, right? As we talk about like scale, like that scale was like your sink or swim moment, right? Because I put everything I had uh-huh. into it. That's I, what, that I, was how the space I was. borrowed and borrowed and borrowed and borrowed by, and borrowed from anybody that would lend me money, right? Um, and put it all on the line for Uptown Social. And um, there's not a day that goes by that I don't thank my, I'm not like a super religious person. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I'm not religious at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but, but I don't, but I'm spiritual and, and, and we can get to my parents in a second, lost both of my parents. Um, but there's not a second that goes by where I don't think to myself, like, I'm really lucky, right? Yeah. Like I really, I grinded and I, I work for this, but like, I always speak to my team about how complacency is our biggest enemy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, I think that from, from an outsider's perspective and Carter, Car- Carter sent me this, this note, two months ago. And I get these notes quite often where she's like, I was at Uptown. I, I don't get to go there very often because now I'm a new mom and blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah. blah. But like, it was amazing. And I was blown away by my experience and the staff was awesome and yeah. the management was awesome and the music was awesome and firing on all, all cylinders. And I, 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 I took a screenshot and I sent it to my team and mm-hmm. I was like, guys, this we is why too. we do yep. what we do. Right. Yep. And, um, there's no kind of settling because if we're at the top of the mountain, and I'm not saying we are, somebody else is trying to get to the top totally. too, right? Yep. And so um, we really challenge ourselves daily um, to have these meetings and to challenge each other and you know, make sure that we're, we're continuing to be the very best at what we do. Yeah. So what if you were, if somebody came, like when somebody calls you, they're coming and they're asking for advice, like what, what is your, like your parents gave you that kind of like moment of, you know, your clarity? Like what would your advice be to someone who's young who's like, okay, I, you know, I want to do this? Um, I would say that you have to go all in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, we were talking about scaling before, and if you're going to scale or even start your own business for the very first time, you need to go all in. You can't be like, oh, I think I want to do it, but so I'm going to like hold on to my old job in the yeah. meantime to like make sure that I have some income coming in and, you know, kind of spinning your wheels until like you, you get like a li- enough confidence to do your own thing, right? And, 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 it doesn't work that way. Right. We just like being an entrepreneur requires more time than you have to give. Right. And so now I would say that like, yeah, you might, you might scrap for a little bit and you might be eating ramen noodles and Mm -hmm. you might be, you know, um, uh, you know, really kind of struggling to, to, to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But if you trust that what you're doing makes sense, mm-hmm. it'll happen. Yeah. It'll happen. And, but, but it won't happen unless you do it. Right. Right. And like I could kick it to, if, 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 if our format back then was what it is now. And what I mean by that is the depth and the trust that I have in my team. I don't think it would have gotten done because the team didn't understand it yet because I didn't understand it well, yet. So right? that, that kind of leads me in my next question, which is like culture. Sure. Do you want more water? Or you I'm good. I'm okay. good. Okay. Like, you know, culture for us is huge. And especially now that we have four studios and, you know, Carter and KP primarily run the cycle studios. Sure. I don't even know how to operate the system. So, yep. but you know, we want for people to, if, if, and when we do expand, like I want people to walk in and be like, I went to the works sweat studio in Charleston and I'm at a cycle studio, you know, in Texas sure. and I can, f- I get that. Yep. And I think that that's, that's my biggest fear with growth right. is like losing that like homegrown heart. Sure. So like, how do you talk to your team about that? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give you, I mean, like I said, Carter gave me an attaboy, but, but 
I went back to her probably a couple weeks after that, and I, I want to say it was um, Bridge Run, and I saw more works and work cycle hats <laughs> Good. around around Sharehouse and Uptown Social that day than any other local brand, and it was it was awesome. That's right. It was it was cool <laughs> because like I don't know, we all have good branding, right? We yeah. can all wear whatever we want to wear around town, but like I saw the works, right? And so people, you don't wear it unless you have pride in what you're wearing, yeah. right? Especially in, in Charleston, right? Yeah. Um, that's A and B at Motivated to Move. Like I was absolutely blown away by the works team as a whole at Motivated to Move, like rallying around Katie mm-hmm. and, 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 and me and, and myself, who we both lost parents to yeah. ALS, right? And it just, it felt like there was a crew that that was like so bought into what we were doing that yeah. day. Um, it was really special. So you guys, I know you take a lot of pride in your culture, yeah. but but that day really like, it, it, sh- it shined through to me that like the works team was like here for us. Good. Um, culture is everything, Sarah. I know. It just is. It's everything. And without our people buying in um, and, and drinking our Kool-Aid, I know. then we can't do it. I know. We just can't do it. How do I sell Kool-Aid in other states? Well, that's <laughs> that's the thing is like, you know, we talk about building our bench, right? And so I can never I can never open a place in another state where I just meet somebody and say, hey, uh, John Smith, you're going to be the GM of Uptown Social right. in Austin, Texas, because John Smith has never spent a day with us here in Charleston. Do you ever, sorry to interrupt you, but sure. I'm just getting a little, this is a college course for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you ever get people, do you ever fly, like, get people to come work with you here and then they go back and do stuff. You know, people like Chick-fil-A does that. Yeah. So interesting. You bring that up. Um, we have a kid, Chris Kinzel who graduated from the college of Charleston. He's originally from Belmar, New Jersey, worked at silver dollar when he was in in school and, and right out of school. And then came to me as like, Keith, my dad's in the, in the bar business up in in, in New Jersey. I've, I've always loved it. I want to grow with you guys. I, 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 I love my time at the dollar, but I, I, you guys are where I want to work. Great. Chris, comes to us, works for us at Uptown Social, opens up Sharehouse as a manager, and at 23 years old is pounding the pavement, asking me how he can get his big break. I'm mm-hmm. like, Chris, you're 23, like get in line, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And then Kara and I had this crazy idea of rebranding one of our places in New York City. It used to be called the 13th Step and was an absolute mecca, which I'm sure Carter spent a couple nights at um, in New York City. And uh and on the, in, in the East Village, and it was really struggling post pandemic, really struggling. Mm-hmm. The East Village was struggling, the Lower East Side was struggling, and the brand, the 13th Step, was struggling. We're like, you know, what, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna, like, you know, rejigger this thing? I've got such an exciting offer to share from my long term student at the works, Gianna. She is the owner of the gallery, Charleston's best salon that just got a whole lot bigger, better, and more luxurious. This salon has some of the most amazing amenities, such as wine on tap, a working station for us busy ladies, and a super cute boutique so you can shop while your color processes. One of the gallery's most unique features is a full selection of Pop Locks hair extensions. This is a luxury line of tape in and weft extensions created by Gianna. The extensions are available in 35 shades and six different lengths, so you can get color matched and leave with your dream hair the very same day. I should also mention that the salon is freaking stunning. Gianna is giving an exclusive offer just to the Works Yogis and podcast listeners. From now until October 31st, you can receive 15%. Yes, 15. That's a lot. Off your first appointment at the gallery. Tell your stylist the code gallery for real at checkout to redeem this amazing offer. The gallery is not a discount salon, so offers like this are very, very, very few and far between. So use it, my friends. You know you want to look good for the holidays. This offer is valid for all gallery level one, two, and three artists. You can schedule online by visiting thegalleryabeautystudio.com or by calling or texting 
375-6988. The Gallery Gals cannot wait to deliver their signature elevated salon surfaces to your community and our community and all the beautiful, beautiful people. Yay! And I said, I think we should kind of scrap the whole thing. It's mm-hmm. had a great 10-year run and go with Downtown Social. And, oh, cool. and um, take the Uptown branding. And we now have been around long enough. And so, as we know, so many people from New York City come yeah. back and forth to, to, to Charleston. I think there's going to be brand recognition and we can have some success with this. So we, we conceptualized Uptown Social, or sorry, Downtown Social. And I said, you know, I think I have the perfect guy. And I called Chris. I said, Chris, you want to be a partner? Like by the time you're 25? He's like, yeah, what's the catch? I'm like, you got to move to New York. Yeah. And he's like, wait, what? Like, I love Charleston. Like, this is, this is, this is like awesome down here. But if you're telling me that's my shot, that's my shot. Yeah. I'm going to take it. And uh, he took it. And Downtown Social, we're now uh, nine months in. And we're in, we're in like another planet compared to where the 13th step was a year ago. And Chris is there and he's there now and he'll probably be there for about another year or so. And his goal is to come back down to Charleston or to Nashville or to Tampa or to Austin or to wherever and open our new store. I love it. With, with Chris. And we have, we currently, like I said, we need a Chris. You need a Chris. You do. And Chris, like you need several Chris's because here, How much money do you pay, Chris? <laughs> we'll talk offline. We talk offline. We'll talk offline. Um, but but um, we we started our company here. This, so Eat, Drink, and Be Merry is the bigger hospitality group out of New York and Chicago. We started what I now dub as Uptown Hospitality Group, mm-hmm. or we now dub, um, in, in 2018. And now we have several locations. But um, we started with three partners here, and we now have 12. Oh, wow. We now have 12 local partners. That doesn't include Chris, who moved to New York. And so that's like people that own a percentage of the company. Own a they percentage. They had to buy in. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And so, you know, I don't need, does it make us that much better? I don't need, you know, six partners at each location. It's, right. It's, you know, it's overkill. But what it allows us to do is sign a lease at Warehouse, right, which is going to be our newest bar Oh, yeah, bar yeah. What downtown. are y'all doing there? Uh, we'll talk later. Okay. Yeah, we're not there yet. We're <laughs> not ready. We're, yeah, can you have me on in about two months? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're, you know, listen, Warehouse had a great run, um, and and we think that, like, the style of that space works really well. Yeah, it's cool. So we're going we're gonna to kind of lean into that, and, and we were actually in New York, a few weeks ago doing some R&D around town and, and figuring out what vibe we want to lean into exactly. But do you we, have in-house design too and everything? We do. Yeah. We have in-house design. We have in-house graphic design, um, which is tremendously useful for us. Um, and uh, we, we just pull inspiration from everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we have that and we have Bodega Mount Pleasant coming online, which just oh, started cool. construction. The old Andalini's on oh Coleman. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's going to be a drive I was through. literally sitting in that parking lot the other day, like two a week last week, maybe, or the week before. I can't remember. I, my um, youngest son had, he's just been wild and I just had to pull over the side of the road and cry for a minute awesome. by myself. I can't and wait. And I was like, God, I miss Andalini's. Yeah. Those big ass pieces of pizza in there. Did, were you yeah. here when they were open? No, but but I know oh, Michael Raymond and Edie and, and those guys are great. But you can drive through. Yeah. So good. So we're gonna have a drive through. Oh, so, smart, um, smart. That's why. And I love Meadow. Yeah. But that is why Meadow kills it. Yeah, they do. They because do. Because people don't want to get out of their fucking car. Right. And, and which is we talk about culture. That's like South Carolina culture because people get out of their cars. They get out of their cars in New York. Yeah. And I moved out. Or they here. don't have cars. Or they don't have cars. And I moved out here. Nobody gets out of their cars. The the, the uh, Starbucks on Col- or not on Coleman on um, Houston Northcutt that like the leads- lines fly are out the door it's or, down, or, the street. down the street I'm like guys yeah. get in your fucking car get a I cup know. of coffee I, but if you walk in you'll get a cup of coffee in 30 seconds yeah. like, nobody's what are you doing in here 
I know. Uh, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. So we're gonna have um, we're gonna have a drive through, and we're actually rejiggering our bodega downtown menu to add some more brunch items, which we're launching next week, and we're really excited about. Um, but the way we grow, whether that be here or anywhere else, is by growing our bench, and our bench is now long enough that we can put two of our partners at Bodega uh, Coleman. We can put a new partner and two managers at Warehouse. And if we sign another two leases tomorrow, which we won't, but if we did, then I could take two or three and put six people in two places. So, so it's just building the team and building the team and building the team, trusting the team, giving the team the autonomy to make decisions, right? Yeah. So a lot of these, these meetings that we have, I can't be at every one of them, but they have the autonomy. They don't need, you know, there's certain things that I say, guys, just like shoot me a text and I'll give you a yay or an A. Yep. But like, you're running your stores. You're there at night. I can't be there at night right now. Yeah. I've, I've had many nights where I've worked and I just can't work nights currently. Yeah. So if you guys are seeing things that need to be shifted, shift them. Yeah. Right. And if for whatever reason I'm uncomfortable with it, then we can talk about that yeah. and what your reasoning is. And, and perhaps we'll stop that or perhaps we'll move forward with it. And so anybody that's in a leadership position to that capacity, like if you're moving two people here, two people here, they, yeah. ha they have ownership in the business. They do. And that makes sense because they then they actually give a shit They have about to buy it. in. Yeah. They have to buy in. We don't, we don't do sweat equity. So it's, yep. it's all about, Smart. you know, finding the funding and buying in. And when you buy in and you have your hard earned money that you've even e either earned yourself or borrowed from somebody else and have to pay back at some point. Yep. You're all in. Yep. Right. You you can't you can't kind of say like, you know, oh, you know, I might I don't feel like going to work. I mean, you might not feel. Have like you going had to, to buy work. anyone out? Yeah, mm. yeah, many times. So well, Mitch has done it many times in New York, and we've done it here. It's just like, you know, at the end of the day, you're 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 buying into a business. You're a partner, but like you need to to be on board with the way we want to do things, yeah. right? And you know, if if you're not, or you know, sometimes it can be substance related because mm -hmm. you know our industry can do that to people yeah. and sometimes it can just be a way of life and it's not the right match and yeah. so yeah we've had to buy people out and, and and we do so and we move forward yeah yeah it's not an easy industry john my husband and i we invested in a business i don't know if you were i don't think you were here when pancito and lefty was here no but i know of it i know of it yeah. well yeah well that's yeah. offline as yeah, well yeah. but it was like it was a shit pile of money and sure. it was a, sh a shit storm basically yeah. and a lot of it to what your point like substance will get in the way and sure um yeah we can talk about that more later yeah. okay so besides having to fire Maggie what was the hardest thing that I had to do <laughs> she called me she's like I fucked We're going up there, I was huh? like Maggie oh, no, no. She, I was like Maggie oh no she and I she and I messaged uh every now and again about that and and, and she was she, she, she gets it well, she, she, she posted she something up. the other day about breaking her ankle there or something and uh I said man you and Uptown have a complicated relationship <laughs> Um, we but, love you, Megs. Yes, we do. We absolutely do. Um, sorry, what was your question? So, like, what is you know? I think like Carter and I talk about this too. Just like we're 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 always open, to, like have hard conversations mm -hmm. with our people. But I think what we find is like the hardest is when like you know we're a big part of our culture's feedback. So like, what's working, what's not? Like, if you don't have numbers in your room, that's your feedback. Sure, like, you know what I mean. So, but some people are so resistant to it that yeah. it can make the conversations just like painful. Sure, painful. And we're both like all right, I guess we got to do it, but you got to do yeah. it. So like what for you is, what do you find like the biggest in your industry or for you, like the, like your thing that you're like, man, I wish I didn't have to do that today. Um, you know, I, I think you kind of nailed it, but I, I was given a piece of advice a long time ago. Um, that was if you coach people to a point that you feel like you've given them every tool to succeed and then they in turn make decisions 
or are unwilling in their day-to-day work to do what you are asking them to do, what you've coached them to do, then it makes that next conversation that much easier, right? right? Because you've given them everything that you possibly could to guide them, right? To like show, what is it? Take a horse, take a horse to water, right? To take the horse to water, but you can't actually have them drink, right? So that is where I kind of find um, solace when I'm having those really tough conversations, because no matter what you can say, I've I've said everything I possibly can, but when you care about somebody and they've been part of your organization and you have to make a tough call, that it's tough no matter what, right? Yeah. But at least I can walk out of that room saying to myself, we gave him every shot. Yep. We gave him every shot we possibly could, and it just didn't work out. So I'm I'm constantly preaching to my team, to my senior team, make sure that you're communicating with people, whether it's a disciplinary write-up or just taking them to the side and telling them X, Y, and Z isn't working for whatever the reason. So that, God forbid, when the time comes that you need to let them go yep. or you need to suspend them or whatever that is. it's We've had these conversations, and like, sorry. Yeah. You know, but, but, but not, and you know, and I think too, it goes back to like, you know, I always tell the people that work for me and you know, it's like if someone walks into the room and they lay their mat down and they don't come back, that leaves a space for someone else that needs it. Right. And it's like, we're not going to like, people are, people are going to talk about you no matter what. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm sure people talk shit about the works all the time or whatever it is or the way we do things or vice versa, but you're successful, right? Right. So if you're successful, people are going to talk shit. Yeah. Right. You get a lot of pats on the butt, but you also get the naysayers that are like, right. I yeah. know. It's just, it's I'm just, like, I'm so great. I'm so nice. But it's, but it's just, it's just, it's just real life. I know. Right. It is. And if, if you sucked, people wouldn't care. Yeah. They'd be like, they're a non-factor. You know, they, they, who cares about those guys? I know. But since you guys are good at what you do, people are going to say what they want to say. I know. Um, well, I, I think it's important to touch on motivated to move to, because it's something that you and KP and a few others are doing so big in our community. So we, uh, most of our listeners know what it is, but give a little rundown what, how, why it's so important to you sure. and we can kind of like talk about that. Yeah. So, um, I, I drew the short straw. I've lost two parents in the last three and a half years. Sorry, um, but dating sucks. back, it sucks. It sucks. sucks. There's no, no way around nope. that. But, um, my, my dad was diagnosed with ALS, um, in November of 2018. So I just moved here and we just opened up town and I had heard Katie in so many of the classes that I was taking previous to, to the work cycle, um, I was, I was hearing Katie speak about her mom, right. And her battle with ALS. And so Katie and I became very, very fast friends right when I moved here and I called, she's an easy friend and a best friend. And and so I called Katie and was like, you're not gonna believe this, but, and, and, you know, we had a cry on the phone and we were like, what are we going to do? Right. Like what, what, how do we, how do we make something happen? And we both, you know, I, playing a, a, a division one sport and, and, and having movement be such a big part of my life. Um, and certainly that's, that's what gets Katie out of bed every morning. Yep. We were like, we don't want to do a, a bar fundraiser, right? Cause that's overplayed. Um, I can certainly host many bar fundraisers, but right. it's just not what we wanted to do. We could do a music forward event. We could, there were so many things that we could, we could kind of lean into. And, and then, you know, there's always charity rides, charity, uh, uh, or, um, uh, cycle for survival, which is a massive thing in the city. Um, there's small classes, but we wanted to do something bigger. Right. And so that's how motivated to move was kind of, um, born and Jillian Zettler is a close friend of ours. Mm-hmm. And Jillian at the time was with the wine and food festival. And so of course our friendship and her experience in the event space made a lot of sense. And Joey Welling is a very close friend mm-hmm. who I think has been on your, yep. your, your podcast. Joey. And, um, Joey at the time was at exemplar and, and we we're like, you know, 
let's do this thing. I know you guys have talked about motivated to move before, so I won't go too far into what it actually is, but let's do this thing where it's uh, an hour and 30 minutes of work and it's really hard work and people are going to feel, you know, like their cup is full at the end of the day. And like, Mm -hmm. they've actually done something that is meaningful and hard, right? Because living with ALS is so fucking hard, right? And, and, um, Tom Hodges is one of your best friends and, um, Tom and Jen have become friends of, of, of mine and Stevie's and it's, um, it's, it's just brutal to watch. It's, it's, it, it's, it's brutal to watch. It's, it's um, and um, I just, we, we decided at the time that we wanted to, to team up with Compassionate Care ALS, mm-hmm. who takes care of loved families dealing with loved ones fighting the disease. And there's tremendous work being done for research out there, which there's no cure. And so that needs to continue to happen. But for us, it was like, you know, we received the gift of care. Mm-hmm. And when my dad was sick and Katie and I just shared kind of what that meant. She didn't know Ron with compassionate care at the time that her mom was sick, but it just, that, that was a, a natural kind of yep. partnership for us. So we teamed up, I called Ron. I'm like, Ron, we want to raise a bunch of money and give it to you. And yeah. he's like, <laughs> awesome. Say less. Yeah, 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 totally. He's like, he, he, they're based in Massachusetts. He's like, I'll get on a plane. I'll give you all of, I'll write essentially all the checks you guys need leading up to the event, cover all the costs, That's awesome. um, which was great. Yeah. Um, and we had our first event three weeks before my dad passed. He, mm-hmm. he actually ended up passing suddenly, um, but also before COVID, which was like a blessing. blessing. Um, and we had our first event November 17th, 2019, we raised $35,000 and we're like, great, we're going to do this every year. People are crying and hugging and laughing and all the things. I thought at it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was good. Yep. And we're like, we're going to do this in 2020 and 2021 and 2022. And we're going to do it in New York and Mm -hmm. Chicago and Los Angeles. And then COVID happened. Right. And we just kind of like the wind was was knocked out of our sails and just took us a while to get it back together again. And, uh, we did it again this year. Um, so this was the second one. This was the second one. And as timing had it, it was nine days after my mom passed away. Yeah. Um, so and thank you. Oh. And um, but it was also like the most therapeutic way to spend the yeah. weekend. Um, and really that day, and being with people that I love, right? Yeah. And so like Stevie, my wife was there, and my son Robbie, and Poppy was too young, still is too young, so you know not the right spot, but like, you know, seeing Katie and be, or being there with Katie and being there with Jillian and being there with Joey. And like, it, it, it's no different than being in the trenches with your team. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and seeing a result that is just, you know, kind of shakes your core in a way that you can't replicate yeah, any other totally. way. Right. And so coming out of that, that day, um, I was just, I was just floored. I was just like, we, we raised almost $60,000. We had, we so sold amazing. out 225 people. It was all done at share house and bodega in the parking garage across the street. And there were more tears and more hugs yeah. and more love and more care. And, you know, Chandler got up there at the beginning. He was like, we want to do four of these a year. And, and we we're like, Oh my God, this is insane. Yeah. But here we are. Um, whatever, I guess three or four months later, and we're talking about starting our own 501c3. Love it. Um, we just sent Motivated to Move off for trademark. Um, and we're like starting to really spin our wheels. And we think that this can be something that is incredibly special and powerful and uh, monumental around the country. And, yep. um, you know, none of us really have the time or the bandwidth to do it full time. But, um, you know, we feel like there's a space where we can get this thing going and, 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 you know, like all 501c3s, you get the infrastructure in place and mm-hmm. are able to take a step away and make sure that it's being run properly. But, um, 
you know, for now we're, we're, um, really proud of our partnership with, with, with Ron and Compassionate Carry LS and we'll mm-hmm. continue to work with them. Um, but who knows what the future holds. We're yeah. just, we're really proud of, of what we're doing. And, um, we feel like, um, you know, the sky's the limit and ALS sadly is never going away as much as I would love it to. Um, we have to live with the reality that it's here mm-hmm. and that there's people like the Hodges that need help and Compassionate Care has helped them. Yeah. Um, and, and so many others. So, so this is kind of crazy and we'll yeah. cut after this, but, um, that year, that first year that you guys did it, I don't mm-hmm. know if Jen ever told you this, but Jen had just gone through a cancer diagnosis and they were trying to figure out what's going on with Tom. Like, you know, I mean, it takes forever. It's like kind of sure. trial and error to figure out what ALS, if you have ALS. Yep. And I told her about the event here and she said, when I told her, she was like, she said she knew then. She was like, that was a sign that wow. she's like, it scared the shit out the of chills. me. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. She's like, it scared the shit out of me. And she's like, but it, I knew that there were going to be people in, in my community on the floor right. that had been through what I was about to go yeah. through and what Tom was about to go through. Yeah. And like, I just think that that really speaks so much to community, like people coming together, not just over like the greatest things, mm-hmm. right? Like not just over like birthdays and births and sure. weddings. Like we have to come together like through grief and through right. hardship and like helping each other out. And she didn't know you or KP at the time right. or anything like that. And um, so just know that like you're comforting people like yeah. just by putting it out there. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful because, you know, I lost my mom to breast cancer. And so I've teamed up with women that do a lot of different things to breast cancer. Sure. One of my best friends that she passed away this year from breast cancer. Oh, so, my age is awful. so, I mean, like, you know, I read this once and it was like, what run after whatever breaks your heart. Sure. And it's like, because <clears throat> you have passion about it, yeah. you know, like you care. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So you guys are doing a great job. Thank you. Tell yeah. our listeners where they can find you on social sure. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how, um, interesting I am personally, cause you'll just see a lot of <laughs> pictures of my kids, but it's, it's KM Benjo on Instagram. But if you want to follow our, our, um, our business accounts, yes. it's Uptown Social CHS, Eat, Drink, Bodega and Sharehouse CHS. We will announce the next concept shortly, the old warehouse. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, we've talked about community, we've talked about culture and, um, there's no place that I'd rather be than here. Right. And it's just like, like I said, I wake up every day, you know, feeling super lucky for everything I have, but to be here in this town with all of the people that we surround ourselves with every day. Got a good thing going on. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You guys listen, rate us, review us, share with your friends and we'll chat soon. 